Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. What are you going to call that? That's a healing. That's a miracle. No questions, no doubts. This unchangeable circumstance had been totally changed by a word from God. I want you to think about that. We need a word from God. I want you to write two things. In this little illustration so far, what do we see? Sickness cannot hinder what God wants to do. It's safe to say that intellectually, at least all Christians believe in God's ability to heal. We just don't expect to see something as dramatic as what we see in the Bible. It seems that childlike faith would say, why not? Well, Pastor Mark won't be answering that question definitively, but he will be talking about the power that Jesus demonstrated in the passage of Luke he'll be covering. We'll also learn one of the reasons we're here, to touch lives and to make God look good. We'll also be reminded of the fact that Jesus was given all authority over heaven and earth and how we fit into his plan. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark as he continues with his message, Jesus, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jewish people didn't have the faith, but an unbeliever had the faith. Now watch this. Key number three, write it down this morning. Here it is. This Gentile unbeliever had faith in Jesus and his word. What is faith? It's simply the confidence that what God has said will indeed happen. How did this Gentile get faith? Because someone told him about Jesus. He heard it by the word. Understand, the Bible is very clear in this. Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The more we read, the more we hear the word of God, the more faith we have. Can I thank you today for being here? As we're here and we're enjoying going through the word of God together, what is God doing in our heart? He's stirring up our faith. It's to believe what Jesus says, what the word says. See, I need to learn to have my faith be active, strong. We need to believe Jesus more and his word more. What happens when the word supernaturally goes through the air to this ill servant? Look at verse 10. Then the men who had been sent, they returned to the house. And what did they find? The servant, well... You see, what are you going to call that? That's a healing. That's a miracle. No questions, no doubts. This unchangeable circumstance had been totally changed by a word from God. 
I want you to think about that. We need a word from God. I want you to write two things. In this little illustration so far, what do we see? Sickness cannot hinder what God wants to do. Now, there isn't anybody, I don't care who you are or who you listen to, that understands healing totally. Sometimes you get on television and you hear these guys say, well, if you give $1,000 C gift, God will heal everybody in your family and save the world from A to Z and B. And all they're after is your money. Don't listen to foolish people. Anybody that tells you they understand healing totally is wrong. I know a lot of things about healing because I've been healed many times myself. I'm going to tell you this. Jesus still heals today. So when we pray for people, we pray for people to be healed. But I don't know the will of God. By the way, when you die, that's perfect healing. Thank you, Jesus. Because you're going to heaven. You'll never die again. But we believe in healing. It's supernatural. Nobody understands it all. You don't earn it. You can shout and pray and do whatever you want. But we believe. And we believe in healing. We see people. You'll see that this morning in our service. Second. Here's the second thing to write down. Distance cannot hinder what God wants to do. Jesus never got to the house. But his word and power got to the house. So when we are praying for people today and these kind of circumstances, which is going to be an individual lives in another state, is there a problem? No. <laughs> Distance doesn't stop the power of God. See, that's supernatural. That's God. That's just the way it is. Uh, and when you see that, what, what we see here is Jesus rewarded what? Great faith. And the servant was completely healed. Our unchanging God can change any difficult situation. And we're reminded in the Bible that we want to please God because he's done so much for us. Look what God says about faith. Hebrews eleven six. Look at this. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe, number one, that he exists, that he's real. And that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. This centurion earnestly sought Jesus, even though he didn't understand all about it. And he was rewarded. His servant was healed. At the end of the service, when we earnestly seek God, God is going to do amazing things in our lives. I don't know when or how. I just know he'll honor the faith that we have as we bring a request to him. Now... As you begin to think about that, where's the application for that? Well, just put yourself in the place of the centurion. Would you have approached Jesus at all? Would you believe that Jesus could do the impossible because you you heard it from someone else? Would you have great faith simply to trust the word of Jesus? You didn't have to go and touch the man. That's amazing faith. See, sometimes religion gets in the way of all the rest of this stuff. You know what I mean? Real this and this and that and the other and the other things and this and that and the other. Be careful. Just keep it simple. See, reading this true story is meant to challenge my faith, your faith, right now, right here, in these unchanging circumstances. And there's one thing I want to ask you. I don't want any comments. And then thank you and amen or whatever at this one. I want you to answer this question yourself. Is God amazed at my faith today? Or have I become a doubter of the things of God? You don't want to be a doubter. He can only please with faith. If it says it, we have to believe it. And he gives us the faith to believe.
Doubt, we'll talk about doubt next week. How to defeat doubt. Because John the Baptist, you'll see next week, says he's in prison. Are are you really the Messiah? John the Baptist says this. And so we can see that all of us can doubt. So I'm challenging them this morning. Do I have enough faith to believe my unchanging God can change my circumstances? We should, because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Sometimes it's hard for us to go back 2,000 years ago and say, well, it didn't, didn't really happen here. And sometimes you watch TV and we see all these people doing weird things and whatever. And, we, and later on we find out they weren't really healed. They were interviewed in the back room and tell people they got this. And, and pretty soon we get pretty skeptical, don't we? Nothing is impossible with God, and we move to something that looks impossible. Look at verse 11. Soon afterward, Jesus went to a town called Nain, about 20, 25 miles away, and his disciples and a large crowd went with him. Why the large crowd? (laughs) They just seen somebody heal without Jesus going to the house. They're excited. And as he approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a large crowd from the town was with her. So as Jesus is approaching this town, he sees a funeral procession leaving the city. It's the son of a widow, her only son. And as you begin to see here, what is Jesus doing in all of these stories we read? He's doing the three priorities in life. You know them. You don't need to cop them. The three priorities in life are simply God, people, and how we use our time. Now, why did Jesus go to this town, and why at this time? You see, in those days, a person, and they're still true today in the Middle East, when you die today, you're buried today. And so there was a timing issue here, and Jesus every morning, we know from Scripture, would get up to kind of get his marching orders from God in the morning. So God sent him to this town But he didn't just send him to the town. He sent him at the right time. And as he gets there, you know how valuable time is. He meets the funeral procession at the perfect time. What if he waits three hours? It's over. Jesus knew that we can't waste time with procrastination. I've learned this principle a long time ago, and I try to practice it. I do pretty well with it. Sometimes I don't. But I want you to write it down this morning. It's very simple. Do what God says, how God says, and when God says. You see, timing is part of the will of God. So we just do what he says exactly how he says to do it. And you'll see how Jesus does that. He already knows what's going to happen. Now, verse 13, when the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her. Saw her is a picture of compassion. You see, to have compassion on other people, you have to take our eyes off ourself. You and I will never be compassionate people if all we think about is ourself. Jesus saw this widow, and he knew in that day her husband had already died. Her son, her only son, has just died. She's a widow. She has no means of anything. There's no government subsidies or anything like that. Her, the rest of her life is going to be lonely 
and very poor. And so he knew this would be so difficult for her. And so he says to her, stop crying. Now she's probably thinking, are you kidding? But he's saying to her, I know that your sorrow is going to turn into joy. Look at verse 14. Then he went up and he touched the coffin. This would have been an open casket. It's not like our caskets today, very different. But it would have been open. He could see the face of this young man. Notice something. Look at me. Compassion is more than a feeling. It's an action. He just said, go, oh, I'm so sorry for you. Nothing wrong with those words. But he touches. You say, well, Pastor Mark, what's the big deal of touching? Well, number one, that makes him unclean because there's a dead body in there. You know what I think so good about that? He didn't care if he was ceremonial. He wasn't into rules and regulations. He was into people. I'm glad he's into people and not religion today, aren't you? So he, he felt the pain of sin and death. Remember, Jesus was at creation. At creation, when Adam and Eve were created, there was no sin. There was no death. There was no sickness. There was no pain. There was no suffering. He hated it. And so what is he going to do? He's going to do something about it. Watch this in verse 14. Then he went up and touched the coffin, and those carrying it stood still. And he said, young man, I say to you, get up. Now, that's a bold statement, isn't it? Because Jesus had authority and divine power. He just had to speak again the word. And the boy was raised to life. Look at verse 15. And the dead man sat up, and all the people around him fell down. (laughs) Don't laugh at that, baby. You just see somebody get up dead out of a casket, you're falling right down yourself. (laughs) The dead man sat up and began to talk. And look at this statement. You talk about a situation that can't change. And Jesus gave him back to his mother. Wow. Unchangeable? Not with Jesus. This lifeless body was now alive. And to prove it, Dr. Luke has to put in there, he sat up and he talked. I often wondered what he said. Hey, where, where have I been? Why is heavy here? <laughs> I wonder what the other people are going. They're still on the ground. They haven't got nothing to say. So what did Jesus prove? Jesus proved something very important, that he had authority over death, hell, and the grave. I remember many years ago at Easter, I preached a sermon, the death of death. The reason you're going to heaven, because Jesus destroyed death. The same power that raised him is going to raise you. And you see it right there. So when you see that, there's one more thing I want you to write this morning. Death cannot hinder what God wants to do. Now, when you look at that illustration, physically, it's powerful. But there's a great illustration spiritually of this. And I want to just take a side note for a moment. Do you know that every person is born spiritually dead? It's the best of work. They're alive. Yes, physically. But they're born spiritually dead with a sin nature. Death is simply separation. 
physical death is I'm separated from my body. Spiritual separation is I'm separated from a holy God. And you see, if my sins have never been forgiven, then I have no chance of going to heaven because I'm separated from a holy God. And at the end of the service, we're not only going to be praying for all all of us that have these unchangeable situations, but I'm going to give many of you an opportunity to change your life today. You see, you can leave this place forgiven, purpose, meaning in your life. Let me show you. Paul writes it, kind of what it's like, the before and kind of the after. Look at this. It's so powerful. We see it in Ephesians. Once you were dead, spiritually, because of your disobedience and your many sins. I was born with a sin nature. So that's everybody. There isn't anybody except Jesus because he was born with the immaculate conception. And once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. Look at this word, but. Oh, but is amazing. But the church. No, God. God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much that even though we were dead in our sins, he gave us, tell me, life. You just saw death come to life. This is spiritual. This is spiritual. It's called being born again. And when he raised Christ from the dead, it's only by God's grace that you have been saved. Notice that's a gift because of God's mercy. And can I challenge you this morning? When I give you that opportunity, don't bypass it. There's only certain times in your life when God will speak to you. You can't come to Christianity and Christ and salvation anytime you design. The, the Bible says that God has to, through the Holy Spirit, speak to you to come. And some of you need to come. You need to leave this building forgiven, changed. Some of you have walked away from God. It's time to come back home. Just come back home today because of his grace. Come out of the death and come to life. Now, verse 16, after everything is over, what do we see? They were all filled with awe and they praised God. Now notice, they're praising God because they know how this happened. This didn't happen with a physician. This didn't happen with an ICU team. Nothing wrong with that. We believe physicians heal, uh, obviously, and medicine heals, whatever. I was in it all my whole life. By the way, the person that made the doctor is God. The person that made the medicine is God. He gives the wisdom. Understand, it all goes back to God, but he uses people. So we believe this, and they praise God. This reminds me why you're here on this earth. It'd be good for you to write this down and maybe think about it this week. What is our purpose here? We're here to touch lives and never make us look good, make God look good. Jesus didn't take good things here. They praised God for this. Understand, that's why we're here as a church. Never to tout ourselves, never to tout the church. We're just people, but we're here to touch people. Compassion in action. And then make God look good. And here's the verse I was telling you about. Notice what the people say. They were all filled with God and praised God. A great prophet has appeared among us, they said. They didn't understand that Jesus was was not just a prophet. He was God. They didn't know that yet. But they knew kind of back to Elijah in the Old Testament because this is Jewish people. And they understand when Elijah laid on a young boy and the boy came to life, they just thought, wow, there's a prophet among us. Well, he was a prophet, but he was also God. And they said... God has come 
to visit us to help his people. See, these people were amazed because they'd seen something they would probably never see again. We only see three times in the New Testament that Jesus raises somebody from the dead. He may have done it many more. We don't know. But these people didn't understand except for one thing. This guy was dead and now he's alive. An unchangeable situation was totally changed. Why? Because God visited him. And God is going to visit us in a moment. Because the same God that was there is the same God that's here at all of our campuses this morning. Can I hear an amen? Amen. You say, really? Really? That's what it's about. And what happens at the end of this? Look at verse 17. The news about Jesus spread throughout Judea and the surrounding country. It even went up to Jerusalem. Way, way away. The news spread. That's my prayer. That these truths that we learn today with our friends and coworkers and students and neighbors, they would hear about it. See, people are confused and frustrated about all the changes in the world. But we learn today that nothing is impossible with God. And an interaction with God, an experience with God can change everything. I want to ask you one more question before we pray. What comes to your mind when you see these three things? Miracles? supernatural, and divine healing. Now, some of you have no church background. Some of you have a church background. Some of you are new to Christianity. In the Bible, there's no question about those. We see that everywhere. But there's lots of people today, they're well-meaning, and they're going to go to heaven. They just don't have it right. I don't believe it all. They believe, well, Pastor Mark, of course Jesus healed in those days, and there was healings in those days, but that doesn't really happen today. I want to tell you, it does happen today. Again, we don't understand it all. But how do I know it happens every day? Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. John 14. Jesus said, when I leave, the things that I did, greater will you do. And we should expect these. This isn't the focus. By the way, some of you say, uh, that, that supernatural... I don't really believe in the supernatural. Well, if you're a Christian, supernatural happened to you. What what do you mean? Well, you were dead in your sins, but God brought you alive. What do you call that? Outpatient surgery? Of course not. It was inpatient surgery. He just changed your heart, gave you a new heart. Can I hear an amen? So the supernatural happens. So here's the last thing, and I want us to say it together at all the campuses before we pray. I put it on here so you couldn't get it wrong. Let's say it together. Now, don't say it like this. Don't say it like you did at the first time. You're not in your house. Here we go. Let's say it with some excitement. God is in the house what, what? right now. Hallelujah. Pastor Mark reminded us today that Jesus has been given all power and authority in the cosmos, that we are his agents. He told us to tell others about himself so that he could change their lives too. We heard in the stories that not even the things we fear most on this earth, sickness and death, can stand against the power of Jesus' word. We need to get out and touch others in Jesus' name. You've been listening to Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Each day here on Lessons for Living, we share messages that Pastor Mark taught at the main campus in Melbourne. Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church and today's message was exactly what you were looking for. Join us for worship. 
We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. Next time, Pastor Mark will be continuing on in Luke chapter 7. He will be sharing about a time in John the Baptist's life when he began to question whether Jesus was the Messiah or not. Pastor Mark will be sharing how the reality of who Jesus is can change our lives and how his power can help us to overcome the times of despair and discouragement that occur in everyone's lives. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series, The Everyday Life of Jesus. That's next time on Lessons for Living. in a hurting world a new hope he is giving